I'm Pastor Mike Winger, and this is Bible Thinker, the program dedicated to thinking biblically about everything. Hey guys, um, we're going to talk about Halloween right now, and uh, let me just start off by saying this. If if you're anti-holiday altogether, then maybe this video is not for you, because let's face it, you're just going to click dislike and say something mean about me no matter what I say. But if you want to like think about this carefully and thoughtfully, be try to be biblically faithful, try to care about what the Spirit of Christ actually thinks about these issues, but also to not be so one-sided that we can't hear our friends when they tell us what they're doing, um, then this video is for you if you want to do that. Because um, I can tell you right now, I'm probably going to disappoint some people because I'm going to come at this carefully and thoughtfully. I'm going to unpack a bunch of different issues, seven different things to consider, seven sort of sides on the Halloween discussion or debate. And um, I don't know that I have all the answers, but I'm going to try to give you some, some good answers in some direction that might give you wisdom on how to navigate this in your own life and how to interact with those who maybe disagree with you on the topic, um, rightly or wrongly. So, first things first. Um, I'm Mike Winger, and I do this every Tuesday. I do a live stream that is meant to be um, uh, just uh, theology, apologetics, dealing with tough, tough issues related to Christianity. That's the main focus, main thrust. That's what I do and why I do it, um, is to just honor Christ, spread the truth of, of the Bible, and answer skeptics' tough questions, and help Christians to think, and to think biblically about everything. That's that's the goal. And that's what we're going to do about the topic of Halloween today. Now, as I unpack my seven sort of sides of Halloween, if you have comments or thoughts, please put them in the comments section if you're watching live. AJ is going to be sending those to me at the end of the stream, and I will, uh, I will respond to your comments and feel free to disagree with me. Feel free to challenge me. Feel free to just tell me that I'm wrong. Just be very specific and maybe you'll change my mind. Uh, I'm definitely open to that. Uh, but let's let's dig in. Um, Halloween. First side of Halloween, first thing I want to look at and discuss is the fact that this is not a gospel issue. Um, Halloween is not a gospel issue. Now, if you're offended at hearing that, then that means you need to hear it. Because when we take a non-gospel issue and we elevate it to the, the ranks of gospel, we do violence to the body of Christ. We create unnecessary division and we can't think clearly. We don't see clearly. We, we don't actually process things thoughtfully on our own. So I don't want us to overreact like this meme I saw earlier this week that really kind of motivated me to do this video in part. Um, this meme was thrown out on a Facebook page that I, I was part of, and I just decided not to be part of it anymore, to be honest. Um, it says, true Christians have nothing to do with Halloween. And then it quotes, you know, 1 Thessalonians, uh, abstain from every appearance of evil. Now, I want to look at this. This represents a certain group of people who I want to start off by saying, guys, we can't look at it like that, right? I'm super conservative. I'm ready to chuck Halloween, kick it to the curb. I wouldn't have a problem doing that. But this is wrong thinking right here or right there. That's wrong thinking. That's to say true Christians, as in you're not a true Christian. You're not truly a Christian. If you do what's in this picture, which is what? A little girl dressed like an angel going up to get candy from a house that has jack-o'-lanterns and a lady who's obviously dressed like a witch who no one thinks she's really a witch right she's but she's dressed like one and that's an issue but it's not the same thing if we're gonna say that christians aren't even christians like they're not just an error but they're not even saved because of this issue then if that's if that's your position then please hear me out as a pastor as someone who cares about the body of christ you are in dangerous error and you probably have I'm just going to be honest with you. You probably have a pride issue that's going on here where you can discount someone's salvation based upon whether they take their kids trick-or-treating. Something's wrong with you, like spiritually wrong with you. And I, I, don't, I don't mean to overblow the issue at all. I mean to be like warning you. You, you can't maintain this level of weirdness. Uh, you need to slow down. and need to look around and recognize the gospel's the gospel. Let's make that the hill we die on. And other issues, important though they may be, they're not the gospel. So that's one error. One error is the people who, who elevate this issue to gospel proportions. But on the other side, we have another error, and I see this as well. In fact, this is what I see more often than not, is Christians who just, they, they won't even look at Halloween. They won't even take a close examination of, the, of what goes on on Halloween. They just go, you know, I feel good about it. It seems fun to me. Um, and since it's not the gospel, it must not matter at all. 
And that, of course, is, is a mistake. Like, you know, eating healthy is not the gospel, but let's not pretend it doesn't matter. Right? Like, you know, you know, taking the right medical procedures to heal whatever's wrong with you isn't the gospel, but we shouldn't say it doesn't matter. So the two errors are one is acting like it's a gospel issue and two acting like because it's not the gospel, it doesn't matter at all. Um, so, so before we get to number two, the second side of Halloween, I just want to ask you this question. Are you in your heart willing to look at Halloween openly and honestly and respond appropriately as a follower of Jesus? And if you go, Mike, I don't like where this feels. I feel like you're leading me somewhere. Actually, I'm not really trying to lead you anywhere. As you'll see, as I do this video, um, I'm just trying to unpack the topics and issues one at a time to help you see it more clearly, help me see it clearly, and to be able to make informed, thoughtful decisions. Because real discernment isn't just calling something satanic. Real discernment is actually discerning what's going on. And so, are you willing to look at it and respond appropriately? If you've been demonizing things you shouldn't, are you willing to stop? If you've been, um, you know, playing at things being okay that really are questionable or problematic, are you willing to stop? So let's talk about the second side, the second side of Halloween. And this is where the conversation usually ends. Um, and, it, and I think it's a distraction, but let's talk about it. The origins of Halloween. Where did Halloween start? Um, well, as, as I've tried to actually look into the origins of Halloween, uh, oh, every year it's like I do this, like I go in and I dig into it. I'm like, what is, what, what else can I find new that I didn't find last time, you know? And I'll look up jack-o'-lanterns and things like that, or I'll look up the trick-or-treating practice, or I'll look up ancient practices related to Halloween. Here's what it seems to me we find out. Uh, and, and I'm not going to spin my video on this because I think this is a distraction, okay? I think this is a distraction. But it seems to me that the origins of Halloween stem from a variety of places. It's a melting pot of traditions and religious practices, both Catholic and pagan, that have merged together along with some, some uh, Protestant practices in England that have all kind of just blended and mushed together. It's not, when you look at Halloween, it is not clearly discernibly from any one tradition or any one practice. So some say it's from the Celtic ritual of Samhain or Samhain. Um, and that this is this was the god of death in the Celtic beliefs, and this may, may actually go back to my ancestors for all I know. And you know they would do certain practices that have a tiny similarity to what goes on at Halloween, but it's really vague and really not clear how exactly it's the same, in my opinion. Then you can say, okay, there's these European traditions where they would expect a visitation from the dead. Um, oh, by the way, the Celtic one, Samhain, they believed this god of death would come and gather the souls of those who'd recently died, and it would happen around this time. So there's a connection between the dead and Halloween. Remember that. Um, with the European traditions, they would expect some sort of visitation from the dead near the same time of Halloween. Um, that was kind of the maybe pagan traditions that they inherited from pagan ancestors. Maybe it was related to Catholicism. I'm not entirely sure. I don't really care, <laughs> but it's interesting. Um, then in uh, Catholic traditions, we, we've got we've got the practice of All Hallows Eve and then All Saints Day and All Souls Day. And some of you, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But this has to do, again, with connecting with the dead or praying for the dead or doing something related to deceased friends, loved ones, saints, people in the past who've died. So the one thread that seems to go through all of the traditions, whether you're looking at Aztec traditions, you know, here in, in the Americas, or if you're looking at European or Celtic stuff, it's all connected to the dead, right? Now, some of the other stuff, like trick-or-treating and stuff like that, like that's not really connected. It just kind of is happening. Um, it just sort of morphed that way. But how far does origins get us, really? Um, because my first issue with... Trying to say that, say, trick-or-treating is evil because the origins of Halloween it has has roots in paganism, at least some roots in paganism, some roots in, in Catholicism, some roots in probably just local traditions that maybe people just do without knowing why they do them, you know? But the, the first issue is it's it's fuzzy. The history of Halloween is a fuzzy thing. The second issue is that things change over time. I mean, do the origins of a thing always dictate what it means even after those origins have changed or the practices have changed beyond recognition. Like if, let's say, hypothetically, this isn't true, but let's say that kids going door to door and asking for candy from, from neighbors was somehow directly connected to satanic worship 500 years ago, but that today it has zero connection at all. Should we think that a kid is actually worshiping Satan by going door to door today? And I think the obvious answer seems to be no. But let me let me build the case for those who aren't with me on this. Do you know that uh, baptism, 
for instance, the Christian act of baptism, that's what Christians do. When you become a Christian, you get baptized into the church. Really beautiful, important thing. But do you know that that practice of baptism was used in ancient Babylon as a part of purity rituals and part of their weird pagan practices? It wasn't used in the same sense as Christians use it, but it was done. It was also done amongst the Jews. To become a Jew, you had to be baptized. The Essenes who lived out in the deserts uh, in Jesus' time and a little before Jesus as well, they um, they had baptisms. They did them constantly. Multiple times a day, they would, would dunk in the water and come out, you know. And these were about ceremonial, ceremonial cleansing. Now, would you say, hey, if a Christian gets baptized today, unbeknownst to them, they're really worshiping, you know, ancient Babylonian pagan deities? No, of course not. Like, of course not. Just because someone's done it in the past doesn't mean everyone who ever does it is doing it for the same reasons or to the same effect. So I, I think that this just seems obvious to me. This is why I think the origins debate doesn't get us very far, right? Because the origins of Halloween, if they're different than the modern practices and purposes of it, then it's just, it's a non sequitur. It just doesn't connect, in my opinion. But that doesn't mean the conversation's over. Um, as I said, this is a complicated issue. There's a bunch of sides, so let's talk about the third side. Uh, again, I think the origins debate is interesting. It just doesn't get us very far. So, number three, let's talk about modern practices. The third side of this debate is, what are some of the modern practices of uh, Halloween today and how they relate to how we should view this issue? Because what you find is... There's a multitude of very different Halloween experiences that people are having. And I think we should just acknowledge these. First off, you've got kids going door to door. Right? This is what most Americans think of. When we think of Halloween, we just think of kids going door to door. You know, you know, kids in the neighborhood. You know, it seems like we get less and less each year doing this. But, but we have kids going door to door. That, that seems to be the case. Um, they go there. And to me, you know, you go... Is there anything inherently wrong with going door to door... No, not by not in and of itself. Of course not. Um, you know, you meet your neighbors. It brings the community together. You have fun memories. It's a family activity. This seems like all positive things. Like I, I think every one of those things is is a good element, just in and of itself, just going door to door. Um, we'll talk more about outfits and costumes and stuff later on. But that that's for a lot of people. Like when I was a kid, that was majorly that was the practice. I, I did not grow up in a Christian family, so it, it didn't occur to us whether it was right or wrong to do Halloween. It was just a tradition we did. I'd dress up and I would go door to door. And now, and when I got a little older, I started dressing up in some inappropriate outfits and things like that. I'll talk to you about in a minute. Um, but yeah, so we, we meet the neighbor. This seems like a positive thing. But there's another side of Halloween that maybe when you're a little bit older, you experience. And that is the partying. There's drinking parties and people doing all sorts of just ungodly partying type activities that go on. And they go on around Halloween. Obviously, if you're doing that, you're sinning. Like that's, that's a no brainer. This is, this is easy. Okay. But then there's another side of Halloween where, where people are doing outreach. And this is what, what me and my wife do. We, we always hand out tracts and we reach out to our neighbors and we, we try to give them the gospel. And a lot of people in my fellowship, we use Halloween as an opportunity because it's like, Hey man, my neighbors are coming to my door and they're, they're expecting me to give them something. <laughs> so along with the candy, I'll give them a tract, shake their hand, meet them, get, get to know their name, um, give them something in the name of the Lord, along with really good candy. We give out really good candy because a tract instead of candy is, is, is not maybe the most tactful way to do it. Um, so we, yeah, we do that. So we use it for outreach. Now, some people will do even bigger outreaches, trunk or treats, you know, that they gather people in the parking lot of their church or they'll do other, other different kinds of things. Um, fall, fall festivals. Some people, they don't, they're like, we're not going to do anything related to Halloween, but we're going to have a gathering and have fun. We're going to call it a fall festival. Now, I don't know how to demonize a fall festival. Like, you know, like we're celebrating, you know, the, the, the changing of seasons, which we enjoy and we're just bringing out food and we're just celebrating. I mean, in a sense, it's an innocuous celebration. We're just having a good time. Um, fall festivals. I don't see anything wrong with that. And for some people, that's their whole Halloween experience. Now on the other side, this is all this is all number three, the third side of Halloween, the different experiences people have on Halloween. You need to think about these because the next one is the part where you start to go, I never thought about that before. There are Wiccan and uh, pagan or um, uh, New Age or spiritualist rituals that go on on Halloween. And they specifically go on Halloween. In, in uh, Wiccan beliefs, there's Halloween, as I understand it, is considered a high holy day. 
right? To Christian, we're just most most Christians are just like, yeah, it's just a day. People do random things, and I just have to decide whether or not I participate and to what degree if I do or not. Um, but to them, this is a high holy day, and they do like various different practices and seances and. I don't know, you name it, these different things because they feel like the veil between the worlds is thinner and there's more spiritual activity going on. And so they do engage in these things. And to them, they look at they look at this stuff and they go, hey, this is to us what Halloween's about. And we look at you guys and we see you, you're just kind of, you're sense to, to, the, to, the, to the Wiccan or the pagan, a lot of them, they think you guys, you non-pagans, you, know, pagans, you think that you're sort of, we think that you're sort of, sensing the spiritual realm come close and that's why you start acting weird and you start dressing up and you do all these weird things you know we think that you're sensing it and so they they look at you and perhaps some of them think you are participating uh, in this whether you are or not that you're like part of that sort of thing to the satanists um they'll some satanists at least reports i've heard from former satanists are that they'll actually do some pretty freaky terrible evil rituals on this day um and uh and that's that's a different Halloween experience, isn't it? That's not going door to door. This is a whole different side. This is a whole different issue related to Halloween. And so in the, in the New Age or in these other different religions, religious groups, there's a different Halloween experience for these people than there is for most Americans, I would say. Um, we do well to recognize this. We do well to recognize this. Another thing I'll point out is the Day of the Dead. Now, some of you have already asked. I, I just glanced at the comments and saw it in there. Is the Day of the Dead. This is, this is something generally we see in South America, um, at least I know, I mean, I'm here in Southern California, so we see it coming up from Mexico is the Day of the Dead celebrations. Um, what is the Day of the Dead? Well, we have the decorations of the face like skulls and people go around and, and this is actually a really big deal, the Day of the Dead. It happens, you know, at the end of October and the beginning of November, Halloween is part of that, but, but really if you were like thinking anything about Halloween... The closest thing to it in South American culture, I think, is the Day of the Dead. They believe on this day, and they do parades and big big events and stuff like that. They believe on this day that the spirits of the dead will come and actually visit them and come into their homes. And this is, this is what we call necromancy, right? This is contacting the dead. They will actually do, this is the standard thing, they'll actually do rituals to contact the, their deceased loved ones and relatives. They build altars. In, inside their homes, and even in public schools, they'll have altars set up because it's it's considered a national holiday in Mexico. And so they'll actually build altars. And is this Halloween? No, no not exactly, no. But it is a Halloween-type experience that they're having in that culture. And it's a growing, you know, they just made a big a big movie about the Day of the Dead that just came out. That kind of, I didn't actually watch the film, but, but my impression was that it sort of whitewashed the whole thing to make it all look Disney, you know. <laughs> but... They'll actually build these altars where they have they bake the food that their family members loved and they put them on the altar. They they have a meal and they eat it and they invite their deceased, you know, family and friends to be there and they kind of try to feel their presence. And um, they put up their pictures. They put candles up to light their way. Um, this is a mixture of Catholicism and Aztec beliefs. At least that's what I was able to find uh, as I was doing my research was that, that it's really a mixture of all these things. The Day of the Dead, it's pretty clear cut and dry. This is a, this is like damnable behavior. You're contacting the dead. This is evil. Like this is evil. You're not really contacting the dead. You're probably just contacting demons, but this is evil stuff. And I imagine, you know, if if you're from that background and you come and you see, you know, people in the U.S., dancing around and having a good time, just, just going door to door, you, it might hurt your heart a little bit because you, your memories are, you know, seeing your family do rituals to contact the dead and seeing the parades and, and, you know, they have like specific moments in, in Mexico where they'll like ring the church bells, the church bells, mind you, the Catholic church bells to say, ding, 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 here come the souls of the dead children, prepare to greet them. Then on the next day, it's this, it's the saints. Oh, the saints are here, you know, and, um, it's creepy. It's creepy and it's weird and it, and it and it should stop. And it doesn't matter how entrenched it is in a culture. If it's an ungodly, like anti-biblical practice, it should stop no matter how much you love it. No matter how much you, it's part of your DNA and part of your culture and part of your tradition. I mean, that's how, you know, Satan got the Pharisees was just get them to embrace traditions and make them the most important thing to them. And, um, and that is indeed the case. So the day of the dead, 
they dress up, they do parties, they have parades. It's actually a very rejoicing kind of celebration along with this solemnness and then the whole spiritism of contacting the dead stuff. It's, it's weird. It's weird stuff, man. So that's also going on. So then we've got the people who are, here's an, consider the complexity of this issue now. Let's say you're a former Wiccan or Satanist or you were a spirit spiritual person and you did seances on Halloween and, and there's Ouija boards. You can go to Target and buy a Ouija board nowadays, by the way. Thanks, Target. It's very good of you. Um, you, you, you. You come out of these ungodly things, you know, Day of the Dead, whatever it is. And then your buddy's going to like, hey, man, we're going to go trick-or-treating. You want to come? And now is the trick-or-treating in and of itself evil? I don't think so. No. But I can understand how at least for the former person who used to be involved in the occult or something like that, this would really mess them up. And they would just be like, man, I have a hard time with the fact that my friends are enjoying this. I think it's evil. And it's not hard online to find videos of people who were formerly involved in those groups who were just demonizing Halloween. They're like, it's evil, guys. It's evil. Now, I think that they go overboard with it. I do. But I think that I want to recognize the heart of someone I love who is stumbled by any people participating in in the process of Halloween. So that kind of becomes something I have to wrestle with. Gosh, you know, do I want to post this picture on social media when I know that I have like these former new age friends of mine that, that I'm going to stumble with that? Uh, do I want to do that? You know, I want to be thoughtful about this stuff. Um, in Catholic tradition, uh, and this does connect with day of the dead, depending on where you live, but, uh, Catholicism has a lot of different expressions and they don't seem very concerned with, in all honesty, in Catholicism, they don't seem very concerned with st- sticking strictly to scripture or sticking strictly to um, much. And so, you know, different Catholic groups will, so in some places they celebrate the day of the dead with the support of the churches. Um, In other places, it's a little bit less like that. And it's more like 31st Halloween is Al Hallows Eve. Um, You're supposed to, I think, remember, just remember the dead and get ready for All Saints Day, which is the following day where you remember those in heaven. And then All Souls Day, which is on the 2nd of November. And All Souls Day is the day where we pray for those in purgatory and we try to get them out of purgatory. And this is all connected with Halloween for the Catholic. Um, maybe they don't know it. A lot of Catholics aren't aware of this stuff. But but that's the, the, uh, that's the situation. So you've got like this massive, like, look at this. We got just kids going trick-or-treating door-to-door. We got partying. We got people doing outreach. We have fall festivals. Wiccan, New Age, Satanic things, Day of the Dead, uh, modern, like, weird experimentations with Ouija boards happening on those days, Catholic weird traditions and and unbiblical things based on places like purgatory that doesn't exist. So it's complicated. And that's, like, my my main thing here is this this Halloween issue is complicated. What I won't do is I won't won't say that, that this Day of the Dead person... That who's contacting and doing a seance to contact the, the dead relative. I'm effectively doing a seance, not probably uh, in the normal sense. But I, I'm not going to say that they are, they're doing the same thing as this little girl dressed up like a princess going door to door. Like, we cannot say these are the same things. But they sure do all happen around the same time, you know? And they, and they do somehow start to mingle in some places. And so it becomes complicated. Yet you don't want to demonize this little girl. Yet... You don't want to create a bridge to something weird for believers. And I mean, if I have my opinion as a pastor, if I could just like snap my fingers and make Halloween go away, I absolutely would do it in a heartbeat. It would just be like, oh, good problem solved. But I would never get up and preach that you can't take your kid out to get candy because some Satanist is doing a ritual that day. Like that's just, that doesn't connect. The two just don't connect. I mean, look at this. Is that satanic? It's a it's a little little girl dressed as a princess, uh, another little kid dressed as a, a bumblebee, and and one as a cowboy. Is that satanic? Are they are they contacting dead relatives? Are they doing something evil? They got little bags. They're gonna go get candy from their friends and neighbors or whatever. I'm like, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. Yet I still have this concern, like many of you. But there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on on Halloween. But can we can we separate them? Well, maybe you can. Maybe you can. And that's and that's one of the decisions that you need to you need to work through and process. Because this is not honestly what she's doing is not honestly related to like that. Okay, <laughs> these are not the same thing at all. They're really not. Um, 
So in that, I would say the trick-or-treating thing looks to me like it's an issue of conscience that each individual believer has to decide for themselves using wisdom, recognizing that like, hey, if you're in, steeped in a community that's strongly part of the, the, the evil practices associated with Halloween or something, then maybe you don't even want to trick-or-treat. But if you're kind of like part of a community that doesn't even know about that stuff, where like, you're like, no, we're just going door-to-door, -door. it's really nothing. Then I, I just, you know, may God give you wisdom, recognize that you should look around and assess the situation carefully consider conscience and all that. But then there's another issue right here. When I was a little boy, I dressed up one time as Freddy Krueger. That's, that's this guy right above my head here. I, I did not, as I, as I said, I did not grow up in a Christian home. Freddy Krueger is a mass murderer. That's what he does. He's, he takes his knife fingers and stabs people and kills them and gores them and stalks them and laughs while they die. And I dressed up as Freddy Krueger. Why? I don't know. I wanted to dress up as something scary and powerful and dangerous and then pretend to stab people with my fingers. Does that seem healthy to you? <laughs> like, do, do these, there is my point here. This is number five, my fifth issue with Halloween. Fifth side to consider. We've already, number four was the pretty princess. We looked at her, right? Now we're looking at the gore. There is so much gore associated with Halloween. Nasty, disgusting, horror, perverted, demonic movies come out um, every single year around Halloween. Sick, terrible, horrible, wrong things. And then we play at them like there's nothing wrong with them on Halloween. Um, that, to me, okay, this is not an issue of Satanism, but something's wrong with that, right? Like, oh, little boy, who are you? I'm an axe murderer. Oh, you're an axe murderer. How... How cute. Ooh, scary. <laughs> oh, little girl, who are you? I'm dressed up as a clown who kills children. Like, really? Is there is there no discernment? Is there no thought that goes into the practices that we engage in? This is, this is I think, symptoms of people walking in darkness spiritually in their lives. That they could um, enjoy this sort of thing. And for some of you who are Christians who think, I don't feel convicted when I dress up like something evil. Like I'm going to dress up like a demon. And I don't feel convicted about that. Um, like something's wrong with you. <laughs> you don't feel convicted about dressing up like something that is meant to represent the spiritual wickedness that's in rebellion against God. And you're going to imitate that. Like that doesn't occur to you that there might be a problem there. Like if that's, you know, you obviously there's a problem there. This is, this is the side where I go, your conscience is maybe unaware and you don't want to be aware perhaps because I enjoy it. Why do I, why would I want to think about it that much, Mike? You're going to ruin it for me. Don't make me think about it. Well, I think you need to think about it at best. When we do this sort of gory, creepy, weird stuff, it's just ignorance at worst. It's wickedness. The sixth side of Halloween that I want to talk about. That was the fifth is the sexy. On one side we have the gory and on, on another side we have the sexy and Every year around Halloween, we see the, the, the sexy zombie, the sexy witch, right? The, the sexy cheerleader, the sexy dot, 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 fill in the blank. And there's a lot of carnality associated with this. Um, scripture tells us, 1 Timothy 2.9, in like manner that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety and moderation. That's, that's God's heart for you that you dress modestly, ladies, or guys for that matter, guys who are trying to be all attractive to the opposite sex outwardly and overtly, that's it, that, that is definitely, how is this controversial? Like, that's ungodly. There's something wrong with that. That's just, like, read your Bible, you know? <laughs> um, Jesus is not approved of this. And I know that a lot of guys, Christian guys, would appreciate it if, if, if girls would pay attention to this as well, but... I think a lot of times girls, they're not maybe consciously thinking, I think I'm dressing inappropriately because I have weird, lustful things going on in my heart. Like, I'm obviously not thinking this. They're just kind of blindly going along with the trends of the culture. You know, it, it just, there's something that felt good about it. So I wanted to do that. But all that stuff is just weird. There's like a carnival mentality. This, this phrase carnival mentality, it refers to how when people get together in certain environments and groups, they start to change their behaviors. Like, normally I wouldn't do this, but because I'm in a party, I'll do it. It's, it's wrong. You know, like, normally I wouldn't act this way, but because I'm in this location or because it's this day or this event, 
I'll behave in a way that I normally would be embarrassed about. And that's sometimes what happens on Halloween. It becomes this carnival mentality where we, this gory stuff comes out, this, this sec, over-sexualization of people comes out. And that is obviously a problem having to do with the carnal, sinful side of man. And any Christian, this is black and white. No Christian should be involved in that side of it in any way, shape, or form. That seems pretty clear. All right, number seven. Let me share number seven, then I'll, then I'll give you some advice for parents. Um, at least a couple thoughts. Hopefully, hopefully this is helping you. I, I love your feedback, by the way. Please let me know if this is assisting you in some sense. I, I hope to make the issue more complicated for you because I think it just is complicated. Um, I hope this gives you wisdom. I hope so. Okay, number seven, the conscience. If, if, if there is this deep complexity in the issue... Right, and there's some elements of this that I go, I, I can't, I can't find a problem here, right? And there's other elements where I go, oh my goodness, look at all the problems here, you know, from the gore to the, to the, to the sexy, to the new age, the spiritualization, to the days when people dabble in stuff. I mean, did you know Halloween is like the outreach time for 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 Wiccans and witches? It's like here's the chance to get my friends to come to my seance because it's Halloween and that's what we do, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but because it's so complicated, now is where conscience comes in. So let me read to you the scriptures. Uh, Romans chapter 14. Let's look at verse 20. Th- this is what the Bible says about the conscience. It, it has to do with this. Here's when conscience comes in as a Christian. Number one, what here it says in Romans uh, 14, 23, it says, um, but whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith for what whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. This is the first thing you need to know about the conscience. I actually have a, a, a two-part series about the, or no, one part. Anyway, I've got a video about the conscience uh, online. Maybe it's two. I'm trying to remember. Anyway, I recommend you look at it. It's a detailed teaching on the topic. But if you feel convicted about the outfit or about the participation in any way, shape, or form, if you're like, I just feel like it's wrong, then you can't participate because your conscience is condemning you in that issue. The issue in Romans 14 is about food, about what food is appropriate or not. He says plainly, like all food's clean, but if you feel convicted eating that food, don't eat it. Don't partake of it. In the same sense, maybe, you know, going trick-or-treating with your kids is fine, but you're in your heart, you're like, I just feel like this is wrong, Lord. Then don't do it. Honor God by following your conscience in that place. Because your conscience can make an okay thing into a bad thing. And maybe that's the Holy Spirit telling you that for a reason. Maybe you ought to abstain and that you should listen to your conscience there. God knows in your situation for you, that's the right thing. Um, but the other side of the issue is this. Let's say that your conscience does feel fine about it, um, about some measure, right? I don't care if your conscience feels good about dressing up like a sexy nurse. Like that's wrong. That's wrong. That's not a conscience issue. That's a black and white issue. The conscience only comes in when it's an okay issue. It can make an okay thing bad, but it can't make a bad thing okay. Think about that. All right. But let's say... Your conscience is fine, but you have to think about other people's conscience as well. Another thing to consider. Um, In Romans 14, 20, it says, Do not for the sake of food or for the sake of trick-or-treating or or candy (laughs) destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good to... um, uh, I just lost my place. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. Um, This is the issue where I go, hey, I realize that maybe it's okay in my conscience. I feel fine about it. I really, really believe this is a pure thing before the Lord. But I know it stumbles my, say, my wife, my husband, my kid, my dad, so why would I participate in something that stumbles them, even though that thing's fine? I love them too much to put them through that because they're more valuable than my freedom. That's the consistent teaching in scripture is that I curtail my freedoms. I, I, uh, I give up some of my freedoms that I might be a blessing to others who don't have those same freedoms. And that's the conscience issue. Um, obviously, you know, actual pagan things, carnal or ungodly outfits and actions, that's, that's off limits. But, you know, whether you're going to go door to door for candy or hand out tracks or have a trunk or treat, these are conscience issues. These are wisdom issues. These are may God give you wisdom in your scenario type issues. So for parents, 
Um, I had a, a gentleman uh, named David from Belgium who sent me a question ahead of time because he, he can't he can't be a part of the live stream because of the time difference between here and Belgium. But he asked for advice for parents who deal with this issue in schools. Should we keep them home for a bit or what is what he asked. And I'll say here it totally depends on that school and your situation. So if I live in Mexico and my kids are going to be part of like the day of the dead and when they go to school, there's going to be an altar there and they're going to be encouraged to bring offerings to dead dead loved ones and to, to yeah, I'm keeping them home from school. Like that's pretty easy. But if, if my kid's going to school and they're just seeing other people dress up sometimes in outfits, I don't really know that that matters. But maybe you know it stumbles your kid. May God just give you wisdom. Uh, don't worry about what everybody else thinks about this issue, you know, between you and the Lord. Just be like, Lord, what is what is wisdom on this issue? Because um, it really depends on where you're at and your situation and your family and your kid and where you live. So I think that stuff really, really depends. So that's the seven sides of Halloween. I want to take your guys' questions now, um, whatever whatever it is you, you might want to share. Um, uh, AJ is going to send those things over to me. I think that uh, we need to not overreact. We need to not say that Halloween is no, no, no issue at all. Who cares? And we need to not make it a gospel issue, but try to navigate this issue with wisdom. Again, maybe you're with me. I, I, I really do wish I could just snap my fingers and make it go away. That would be nice. That would be very nice. Um, so, all right, let's go to your questions. <laughs> Since I can't do that, we'll try to have wisdom. <laughs> Darn it, we have to have wisdom. Okay, Juan Polgarin says, um, Hey, Mike, is it wrong for Christians to practice pagan holidays? Um, yes. I mean, if if, if the practice... But let me, let me clarify. If the practice is pagan, but... Um, if it's a practice that a pagan once did, that doesn't make it a pagan practice. For instance, there's pagan holidays where pagans would go around singing. Now, if a Christian gets together with their, their, their group and they go to a mall and they sing like the Hallelujah Chorus or they sing um, Emmanuel or some other song to honor Christ, that could be called a pagan practice because pagans did that. But it's not, right? Like, that's obviously not pagan. So I would say, not just pagan in some vague connection to something pagans did once long ago, but it's pagan still. Like, the practice itself is pagan now. Then I would say, definitely, you don't want to be part of it. And I know I get a lot of flack here. The most negative responses I've had from believers has been, uh, one of the most, has been my videos where I've talked about um, Christmas. Which is funny because most of them haven't even watched the videos because they say things that I don't even say. <laughs> they argue with me where I didn't even say that. Um, but yeah, I get that. I, I don't think I think there is such thing as a godly Christmas celebration, and I think we can like, we can do that. Um, number two, Ryan White White says, uh, "What are your thoughts on lordship, salvation, and easy believism, and is it worth a video?" I'll tell you. You know, I've been asked about this before. The, the idea of lordship, salvation, like. What do people mean when they say that? I don't, I don't know what they mean. And that's my problem. It's hard to respond to something when I've only ever heard it. I've heard it used in comments. I've seen it on, on video comments on my videos or someone else's videos. I've seen it in, you know, social media about Lordship salvation. Oh, that's Lordship salvation. Like, if you mean you can be saved, but Jesus is not your Lord. It, it, no, I don't think you can be saved, but Jesus is not your Lord. But I'm not saying it's sinless perfectionism. I'm not saying that people earn their salvation. Anyways, these two, these terms are too fuzzy for me to deal with because I don't know what people mean by them. So number three, Cypress Psalm says, Mike, we have countless non-Christian national holidays with less of a stigma. Does that potentially make those holidays more potentially dangerous or tempting? Um, Non-Christian holidays with less of a, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to answer that question. I mean, like say um, we have like, Valentine's Day would be a good example of, I mean, a holiday. I, me and my wife, this is just us, okay? Look, I don't have to be the same as everyone else here, but but me and my wife will celebrate Valentine's Day. Um, do we, do we ha- does it have anything to do with St. Valentine? No, <laughs> not even remotely. It's just a, it's just a great time once a year to, to set aside for like a romantic date and to get together and have a wonderful time, you know? That's the idea. So is that tempting for us? I don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah. So sorry if I'm not answering your question better, but I'm, that's what I understood it to be. So Juan Polgren asks another question here. Why would Christians want to celebrate Halloween if it's related to darkness? If Christ asks 
uh, us to be the light of the world and to be apart from the world. Um, so here's here's a here's a thought. I didn't really cover this, but um, I heard I saw a video where a lady was saying that Halloween no one should participate in Halloween in any way, shape, or form. Um, even like you know handing out tracks and candy at your door to kids that that's somehow wrong because in and of itself the the day has been given to Satan like successfully given to Satan. And that's where I, I, I'm like, I disagree. Like, I don't think that Satan gets any days. I don't think he owns anything. And so I, I don't think someone can, can tell me like, um, this day belongs to the devil. And if you do anything fun on that day, then you're somehow doing something evil. I think that that is a, is a clumsy way to look at it. And there's more, there's more details there. There is some evil stuff that goes on, but I think it's just, we got to think about it more carefully. Um, question from Izzy, what doctrines are unimportant when seeking a church with otherwise sound teaching? Um, for example, having Calvinism or preacher of rapture or cessationism in their statement of belief. Um, well, um, I, I could fellowship at, I think I could fellowship at a Calvinist church. Um, I think I could fellowship at a cessationist church personally. Um, and if, and if, and I certainly could fellowship at a church that disagrees um, about the timing of the rapture. I, I think to me, those are, those are all good examples of issues that I would be able to fellowship beyond. Now you may be a Calvinist church where the way it's done is something where I go, Ooh, I don't want my kids raised in that environment. Or I, I you know, maybe there's other reasons, not strictly because it's Calvinist, what I, what I separate, but maybe in the way that it's handled. I've known both kinds. I've known churches where I go, uh, here's a Calvinist church that says that everyone who's not a Calvinist is unsaved. Yeah, I'm not going there, <laughs> but that's because now they've elevated it to 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 a different place where it where it belongs. Um, they've taken a secondary thing and made it a primary thing, in my opinion. So, yeah, other beliefs, it, it just depends. I mean, yeah, I just gotta give you wisdom. I I don't know if I could come up with an actual list. Um, Meta Skipper Q says, if you choose not to celebrate Halloween, would or just Meta Skipper? Oh, Q is for question. So Meta Skipper, if you choose not to celebrate Halloween. Would it be inconsistent to participate in other spiritual things? For example, playing as a magical mage or shaman characters in video games. Oof, that's a whole other video topic right there. Um, is it okay to play as a magic user in Skyrim? Um, is that okay? Like, that's magic. But it's not obviously magic magic it's video game fantasy it's not meant it's not like what a, an actual like witch does or wi genuine wic wiccan does when they try to do some magical spells or something like that you're not doing that if a kid you know reads harry potter and then says like spelliamos or whatever it is um he's not really doing magic in fact that's more catholic than anything else because he's just saying latin words like they like they do something that's catholicism <laughs> so i mean that's that's not really magic so yeah, I don't know where to draw the line there, um, uh, Meta Skipper. So I agree with you that that's a that's an interesting question. I don't know. So my advice would be: don't violate your conscience. Do not play games with your conscience. As I'm a guy, right, and I'm a, I'm a gamer, or at least I once was, and uh, I I get the pull to get involved in games and the desire. Oh man, I just I want that so bad to play that game, and don't let that be the thing that causes you to violate your conscience if your conscience is uh, is on that issue. But, uh, but yeah, may God give us wisdom. I do fear though, because so many people have such thick consciences. It's like, they never feel bad about anything. And, um, that obviously, um, for them, obviously they're going to fall into all, all kinds of error because they don't feel bad about it. But, uh, yeah, may God help us. Um, a question from Izzy is, have you, or will you do videos on fasting, keeping the Sabbath? Um, should we, and how, um, I do have fasting on my list of videos to talk about and I do have the Sabbath on my list. Yeah, that's future videos. Sometime I will deal with both those issues. Um, Kaylin Van Conan asks, uh, how do you feel about the, the heel, heel houses churches perform around? Oh, hell. Oh, spell check changed your heel hell to heel. So how do you feel about the hell houses that churches perform around this time of year? Uh, where they should uh, where they show what happens on both sides, but are designed to scare the hell out of you. You know what? 
every year there's a church in our neighborhood, in our area, that would put on one of those things. And it was either a play or like a hell house or something like that. I've never gone and I never will. I have no desire to be part of that or see it at all. And I, yeah, I've never had someone I was in ministry with doing that. But I, personally, it just feels so weird to me to try to put some display of hell on for people. It just seems so strange to me. Um, and maybe it's effective. I would very much like to know how much it's effective or how many people have been impacted by it. That would be really interesting to find out. So yeah, how do I feel about it? I, I, I think it's somewhat questionable, but I, I, I've never been part of it to know more details. Uh, the War Machine Brittany Neiman asks, have you ever thought uh, to do a series on debunking the black Hebrew Israelites? Um, for those of you who don't know, the black Hebrew Israelites are a relatively new movement and it is in, it is absolutely a cult group and it specifically focuses in black communities and reaches out with the, um, uh, it taps into their history uh, with slavery and says that, that because they were enslaved in the past, they are the true Israel because they, the true Israel has experienced this, the slavery of, of, of Israel like they did in Egypt. It's it's utter nonsense, but it's caught a lot of people in. And these and the groups that are involved with black Hebrew Israelites are scary. So much pride and arrogance. It's like pride is not a sin, it's a virtue in their in their community. It's it's creepy, weird stuff. Um but yes, I've definitely thought about doing some stuff on them. Um I don't I don't really encounter them very often personally, so I just haven't really put it at the forefront of my mind. I fully expect death threats if I do, because that's the kind of people they are. And it's really sad. Um, but but someone's got to help them out. Because what if you're involved in that community? I mean, someone's got to reach in there and tell you the truth. So if you're interested in this, um, there's a guy you can look up online, Vocab Malone. Vocab Malone. M-A-L-O-N-E. So like vocab, like vocabulary. Vocab Malone. And he's got tons of stuff on the Black Hebrew Israelites. He knows it better than anybody I've seen. And you can look him up on YouTube. Um, Leo Lynch says, would celebrating Halloween be contrary to what Ephesians 5.11 teaches? Or would that verse be referring to much darker things? For example, actual witchcraft. So let's actually look at Ephesians 5.11. Um, this is, um, take no part in un the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So the unfruitful works of darkness in the context of Ephesians is, because he actually, he actually gives lists of these things. So, um, Verse 3, in the same context, same passage, he says, sexual immorality, impurity, covetousness, they must not be named among you. Then he lists more, filthy, filthiness, foolish talk, crude joking. These are out of place, but you should have thanksgiving. Then he says, uh, make sure you know this, everyone who's sexually immoral or impure or who's covetousness, th that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things, the stuff I just mentioned, right? Like these are all outward sins. These actually aren't ritualistic satanic behaviors, although those obviously are evil. These are more common sins that they're considered the darkness of this age. The, the unclean talk, the foolish, the coarse joking is considered one of the reasons the wrath of God comes upon the world. Um, so yeah, so I'd say the context of Ephesians, walking as children of light, don't be partakers with them. The context of that is the what you normally think of when you think of sin. And obviously that would apply, you know, you know, secondarily it would apply to um, satanic rituals, but I don't see how that applies to trick or treating specifically. You know, I mean, we're not really tricking anybody. We all know this, right? Like nobody goes and says trick or treat. And then if you, if you don't have candy, they like break your windows. Like this doesn't happen. I've never seen it happen. Um, so it's just the, the phrase trick or treat has become a nonsense phrase that you say when you come to the door. Um, yeah, so so I, I think that the Ephesians passage refers more specifically to generic sin. Um, we got more questions. I just got to find where I was at. Uh, one more question here from uh, Lana Pick says, what advice can you give to someone leaving the Catholic Church? Where do I go? Oh, Lana, um, uh, what you need more than anything is a Bible teaching church. And so you want to go to a church where when you go there, right, the pastor, like he opens the Bible you open it too, and he teaches through the text, right? 
like the actual verses on the page. They don't just read them and then talk about random things, but he's actually teaching it so that when you leave the church, you could open up to that same Bible passage and you could read it again and go, yeah, he really taught that. I understand it better, better now. Um, I'm part of Calvary Chapel. That's the group of churches that I'm part of and that I'm a pastor with. And I recommend Calvary's because one of the mainstays for Calvary over the years has been that we teach the Bible verse by verse. And that is, that is uh, so valuable. So I, I would recommend you try that. Maybe check out a Calvary Chapel. If there's no Calvary near you, maybe like a Baptist church. Um, they often are very biblically minded and Bible teaching. But each individual church is different. You know, the church you go to may or may not be like the other churches of the same name. So, you know, be thoughtful about it. And may God guide you and lead you um, as you're stepping into, um, into just biblical Christianity. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I think that that's all the questions we've got for today. Um, you guys, please give me your feedback. Um, I, I wrestled with whether or not even to do this video. Like I thought, I don't have all the answers about Halloween. And I don't have a quick, a quick, you know, shoot from the hip. Boom, celebrate Halloween. It's not a big deal. Or boom, it's satanic. <laughs> you know, I don't have that quick answer because I think it's way more complex. So my thought is like, has this actually helped you in some sense? Um, was this valuable to you, this particular kind of different video that I did? And um, and if so, then maybe I'll consider this sort of format in the future. And if not, then uh, maybe I won't. <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks, AJ, for being there. Thank you, everybody. If you want more of my teaching, then go to BibleThinker.org um, and look at my website. There's a list of like series and a list of topics that you can look at and find exactly what you want. And hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. I try to put in tons of work and research to try to make my content valuable and worthwhile and worth your time. As you see, I, I don't really waste time. I try to just get to the point, share things that are worth hearing, hopefully, and, um, and be a blessing because that's the kind of teaching I prefer. I'd rather not have uh, where someone rambles for an hour and doesn't actually talk about the thing that the video was supposed to be about. <laughs> yeah, so thanks guys for being here. Lord bless you. Um, um, oh, real quick, Meta Skipper asks if there's any news on my upcoming debate. And the answer is it's upcoming. It's on November 1st. I will put a link um, on my YouTube channel when it comes. I will put like a community post where you can click a link and go straight to it. And that to get that, all you have to do is make sure that you're not only subscribed to my channel, but you click that little bell icon. So next to the subscribe button, there's a little bell. You gotta click that to get all notifications. And that way, if I put up a, uh, a community post, you'll get notified. And on November 1st, you can come and be part of that debate. Pray for me, please, as I prepare for that. I think it's a really, really big deal. It's the most important debate I've done, in my opinion. And uh, I'm praying that I could uh, reach out to the secular community with the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Lord bless you guys. Take care.